spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass for more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape. For the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Label. Hi, it's Andien from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning of the 2016 and as of speaking, has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label, full stop, bandcamp.com. Although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish, I am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable me to keep the running costs of this podcast going. And enjoy. Take care. Bye bye. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken Label. Back in the house. <laughs> Very sunny Sunday afternoon or well in England. Now, we're over to America, America today. And this is something obviously perfect for Halloween, this one, because why not bring in what we've got here today, which is um, a lady from Soul Sisters Paranormal. And we've got the wonderful Kirsty with us today. Now, Kirsty, tell us obviously first of all then a little bit about yourself. So I know what led you to this direction you're heading in, obviously. But tell people who don't know you, obviously. Sure, what absolutely. started you and your sisters off, and now it's just you and your sister, I do know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Dr. Christy Sumner, and I'm the founder of Soul Sisters Paranormal. And we are an all-female paranormal investigation team that travels around the U.S., to haunted and historic locations, really telling the historical narrative of those locations, and then coupling that with any unexplained evidence or paranormal evidence that we find at those locations. So it really started for us in 2013. My sisters and I, we've always had a fascination with the paranormal and belief in the afterlife. And so um, we we routinely took girls trips to different locations because we all live in different parts of the country. And um, in 2013, we had the opportunity to go to Moundsville, West Virginia, which is home to the West Virginia State Penitentiary, one of the most reportedly haunted locations in the country. We had a family friend that sat on the board of that facility. And he said, why don't you when, take one of your nights while you're here in town and stay in the, the, the penitentiary and see if you can connect with our, our resident spirits. And so we did that. We just did. Uh, we took some voice recorders and a couple of uh, digital cameras, uh, one night vision camera at that point and had a blast, caught some unexplainable things such as footsteps and men speaking and such. And so um, after that, we really decided that we wanted to formalize, uh, you know, this into a more professional group as best that we could. And uh, so we formed Soul Sisters Paranormal. And like I said, we just go around the country now to to different places. Yeah, I've seen, if people go onto your website, so we're going to be talking a lot about this, <laughs> if I've been looking at your website, you're great. You've got like a load of basically full and full investigation videos and 
certainly I've seen, I've seen your first one, the West Virginia State Penitentiary video. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's absolutely chilling, that was. It made me shiver, <laughs> that big style. Did you find out with that when you first investigation back then? Did you think to yourself, oh, wow, what have we stepped into here in that night, did you then? We did, um, because there's a, there's a couple things on that video that, you know, we heard in the moment, but a majority of, of kind of what we do and we catch is really on on static cameras or on mm. equipment that that we don't hear in the actual moment. So when it was really when we went back and listened to our voice recorders that we captured some of the what we call disembodied voices um, that was really chilling. And um, so for us, it, it, it really became more about the uh, the research aspect of it and really trying to find a more in-depth ep- explanation as to why these spirits will communicate with us. So, I mean, there are moments where you, you have trepidation, of course, but for us, it really is more about the fascination level, uh, more so than the, a creep or scare factor, if you will. Yeah, no, I agree completely. It's, um, I'll, I'll tell you off camera before, and I'm not going to go into my details, but I do believe in that sort of ent- entities, like you said already, and it is it's a fascination behind it, like various ways you could look at it, obviously. But like mm-hmm. I said, um, obviously what you've done is over the years, so like I said, obviously was you and a number of other people who are now just down to you and one of your sisters now. How mm-hmm. have you how have you found it over time? How has your investigation work actually changed now? Because you obviously you've been doing this for like nine years now, haven't you? And the video was dated back the last six years, really. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to your point, it, it has changed a little bit. Um, COVID really had a, an interesting impact on that as well. But mm. um, you know, when when we first started, we were a group of five females. So it's it's myself, my twin sister, our younger sister, and then two female family friends. And what was interesting about our group is that one, we're all female, and two, we all have advanced degrees. So not that I, not that that's any better or anything that of other groups in the community, but it really adds a sense of research perspective that other groups might not really want to tackle. And so that was really unique for what we did. And um, so it, it was, you know, five of us, we would go go to these different locations. And um, then life happens, right? Michelle got a new job, Cara moved across the country, Kim had a grandbaby. And so that really kind of changed the dynamics as well. And then uh, obviously COVID. So it really just became easier for Jenny and myself, she's my twin sister, um, for Jenny and myself to really conduct the investigations primarily. And the others will join us when they can. But for now, the face of Soul Sisters Paranormal is really just my twin sister and I. And so that that's how that perspective has changed. The overall investigation style obviously would morph because now we're down, uh, instead of having five people, we've got two people. So it's just Jenny and I, you know, doing the research, going to the investigations, conducting the investigations, doing the review of all the audio and video footage that we capture, seeing if we find anything. And then I will put together the, the historical video and, and couple that with the paranormal that we find in the location. Brilliant. Now, where did the name Soul Sisters Paranormal come from? Honestly, I was on the lawnmower one afternoon <laughs> and uh, I I just started thinking of different names um, because before we, we went on about three investigations and we really didn't have a name. It was just, hey, let's go here. Let's go here. Let's go here. And uh, I was just mowing along on the lawnmower and I just boom, Soul Sisters Paranormal. And so I thought about it like four or five passes on the lawnmower. And I'm like, OK, that's going to be our name. And uh, so then also, uh, you know, I, I wanted a really dynamic logo as well. And so we 
we came up with a sugar skull. But if you look at our skull logo, there's different aspects inside that skull logo that represent certain things. So um, I wanted a feminine look. So we have the angel wings and then, you know, the keyholes in the eye that represent exp exploration. Uh, we've got the heart, which represents love. We've got the cross, which represents our religious faith. So a lot of symbolism inside the logo as well. Yeah, if people look at it, so I'm looking at the image here, it's like, and I'm colorblind, you know, my eyesight's problematic at the best of times, but even I can see various things on that. And it is, that must have took quite some time to get that logo right, really, John, because it's, I can see the level of detail on that straight away. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, I knew that, like I said, I knew that there were certain aspects that I wanted to include. So I actually went to a tattoo artist ah, and yeah. And I said, ah. uh, this is what I want. This is what I want the look to look like. You know, can you do that? And he said, sure. So we sat down together and he, he screwed, uh, drew it out and had the designer put it together. So that's kind of how we went with that. I was wondering if it was some sort of tattoo. It does look a bit like that. I know that's really, really mm -hmm. interesting. Now, what I, thought I did find interesting almost obviously when I was researching you, I know you and your sister have both got criminal justice PhD, haven't you, in public affairs. Mm -hmm. And I think that gives you, not, I'd hate using this word in it because it does apply to me as well because my degree, the qualifications I've got bits and pieces. It gives you like a sort of an authenticity, I think, in your work you're doing that. It makes people think yourself like the way you are, you, you're not just jumping into it, cack-handed. You've been obviously, your brain's been trained almost to think about things in a certain way and look at it. And, and you're absolutely right. Again, not to not to disparage any other team or to you know say that we're better than anybody else in the paranormal paranormal community, but it it does lend that that research factor, if you will, because we did spend years in in university doing different research programs and such, and so that's how we really conduct our investigations. Every investigation that we go into, we go into with a very he healthy skepticism um, of the location. And so the very first thing that we do when we approach a location is we take a day tour and we look at everything in that location that could cause somebody to think that it's a haunted location. Um, we look at environmental factors. We look at street lights, a airplane traffic overhead, train traffic nearby, street cars uh, that would go by that would make a noise that somebody might think is, you know, a whistle or a wind or something. So we look at all of those things first and we take very copious notes on the location itself. And then, then we'll conduct our investigation. And so then when we couple that with the fact that we've controlled for every environmental factor that we can control for, what we're left with is what we call the unexplainable. So for example, if I'm in a location and I hear a man's voice talking on the voice recorder, I automatically know that's not us, uh, obviously, because we're all female. And plus we have complete control of the environment. And so that again, lends us to say, this is unexplainable in this moment when what, when what we've done um, leads us to this, I can't explain that. Now, if somebody wants to come back and say, okay, well, I think it's this, this, and this, then obviously I want to have that dialogue um, because I don't want to put out anything out there that, um, you know, could have a, a real uh, solid real world explanation. Um, but for right now, what we've done is, like I said, we've captured things that I just, I can't explain. And that's how we put it out there. Yeah, I've been re reading up on all the questions you've been putting up. Like, I love the fact where you put common questions on your website and I'd go through one series with you because I haven't like you've obviously been taught you've you quite often you have done a few prisons I can see already and I found the one that I found most interesting I do like these places you've been to St Augusta Lighthouse because mm -hmm. that was um use I mean what I've seen the videos and stuff and these sort of things you can usually get equipment set up with a reasonably small location can't you to get it set out this one in a lighthouse that's a tricky one straight away because 
Tell us about that then, because that's obviously something that's very different to what I suspect you normally would do. Right. The St. Augustine Lighthouse, we've been there a couple of times. And just the city of St. Augustine itself is fascinating. We're talking about, you know, one of the oldest cities in the country, um, founded in 1565. Um, The lighthouse itself was actually built in 1879. So a lot of um, interesting historical narratives just from the lighthouse itself. And um, so to your point, the lighthouse obviously goes up. And so it goes up stories. And so that's very different than buildings where you're walking around on on a couple of levels. And so the lighthouse did present a challenge in that respect that you're climbing, you know, 200 plus stairs to get to the top. Um, It had different landings. So every, you know, half half rotation of the the staircase, there's a landing. And um, so I think there's nine landings total. Um, and so we put night vision video cameras on each of those landings and we really had to control for noise pollution um, because once you're in this tall cylindrical tube, anything downstairs, always, you know, echo to the top. And so really, we only sent a couple of us in at a time to really control for that noise pollution. I think there was only one time when all five of us went into uh, into the lighthouse itself. So you've got the lighthouse. There's a, a, a keeper's cottage that was right beside the lighthouse as well that we investigated and um and we found some very interesting things uh, you know where there was one time when we were up on one of the landings and um i thought that we had heard somebody whistle and uh, so i actually whistled a couple of tunes just to kind of mimic that and from down below a man's voice yelled out saw you which was kind of interesting. Um, wow. Again, wow. can't explain for that because once we go in, once we went into the lighthouse, we shut the door behind us. So we knew that nobody else could come in. And then what we also do is we'll set up essentially what they're called as trap cameras. So they, they're used in wildlife hunting or wild game hunting, you know, they set them up at night. So we'll put these trap cameras around. So we see the entire perimeter. So we know if anybody approaches the location while we're inside. And so that was one thing that we knew nobody approached the lighthouse when we heard that voice and we were all upstairs on one of the landings. So it couldn't have been one of us. And uh, so, yeah, the lighthouse was absolutely fascinating. Just St. Augustine itself is just a great location to investigate. Yeah, the history of it, you look and always don't, when you go into new investigations, I think the user, the, I know bits before where the history is off to the crunch point, really, isn't it? It's like it's, I'm sure you'd agree with this, like every time you do these investigations, if you're going to find something, there's usually because there's something happened in the past, hasn't there, where it's trauma, there's a story there, isn't there? So, yeah, I get you completely. Now, the one that caught my eye was in particular was, um, obviously, like I say before, was um, when I'd read a up on it, was when you went, you went down to Fort Mifflin as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I said, that's again like, it's a quite, was that quite spread out your investigation where you had to set everything up for that one, really? It really was. And uh, just to, to, to backtrack just a second, oh, sorry, the, yeah. the, no, no, the historical perspective, as you were speaking, um, that really is the crux of what we do. And, you know, we get to have this very tactile experience with these locations that not a lot of people might not get to have. I mean, there's probably not a lot of people in the UK that have the chance to spend the night in the St. Augustine Lighthouse or spend the night in Fort Mifflin. So what we want to do is give our audience that experience with us. And so that's why the history is so important, because, you know, without 
the history, there wouldn't be the par- the quote unquote paranormal. And so to be able to tell people, you know, this is why this building is so important. This is why this location is so historic and, um, you know, just important to the overall uh, makeup of the area. That's really what we want to portray to our audience. And so Fort Mifflin was one of those locations. Uh, you know, this is a, 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 a fort that was built during the Revolutionary War. Um, you know, we, uh, we had George Washington there at the moment. And he said, I need you guys to hold off the British while we get our army um, out of Philadelphia. So a very small band of, of uh, revolutionaries were able to hold off the entire armada there. And so there was a lot of history just in the revolutionary aspect, but then it was also used as a prison during the Civil War. Um, it was used to hold armaments during the Korean conflict and the Vietnam War. So it, it really has this longevity with regard to the historical perspective of it. But excuse me, it's also, to your point, very spread out. So there's numerous buildings. Um, There are what uh, we call casemates, which are subterranean rooms where they held munitions to keep them cool. And so for that challenge, it really was finding the location where we're going to put our cameras Find and you know the, the where we put our stationary cameras and, and voice recorders, um, and then to really use what we call trigger items. And trigger items are things that we either construct or um, bring with us in order to re- elicit a response from an entity. So, for example, at Fort Mifflin, there was one of those casemates that was used as a solitary confinement cell. And um, so we asked ourselves, what would somebody in solitary confinement want? They probably want water. They probably want food. And um, just because it was, you know, during that time, we put in some cigarettes. And so we use those to say, okay, this is spirit. This is for you. If you want to communicate with us, uh, we would love for you to do that. But we're leaving these things in acknowledgement of you and your past. And so in Fort Mifflin, it was really interesting because we left those items in that solitary confinement cell. And then we set up a stationary laser grid in this little room. And there's only one door, only one way in or out. And so during the night, we captured a shadow figure walking through that laser grid. And then there was one instance during the night where Kara and I were inside that casemate. And I said, did you see what we left you? And we got a very clear male voice saying, yes, thank you, which was kind of interesting. And so to use those type of trigger items was yeah. Um, one of the one of the other things that we did that night was um, we left. Uh, we we have walkie talkies, so we had six of them. So we left the walkie talkies in different buildings, and then we stood in the middle of the fort and turned on the walkies and played um, a drum cadence that you would hear Ooh. during during the Revolutionary War. And when we did that all of the voice recorders in those areas captured something. You know, we captured a man's voice in one location. We captured a female's voice in another location. So that was a very interesting trigger item. Um, And then coincidentally, across the river there, um, there was um, some type of a celebration where they let off large fireworks. And so you could hear them booming across the water. And it really sounded like gun bombardment right which would have that's what the fort would have heard during the revolutionary war and so when that after that happened the night was really for us you know active because we were capturing voices we were seeing shadow figures all types of stuff so the trigger items are really important to what we do as well yeah oh it's got to be straight away yeah because it's like i get you completely wrong about that it's like because i'm really i'm a poet by nature and a poet's got to have like a line you've got to lead something's got to lead you into it 
And when you're doing the, these, these entities, that's the right word for it, you're trying to give them that same sort of trigger. It's like, yeah, it's like a bait almost. Yeah, completely fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to change tax anyway, because obviously, like that, um, people go into your, your really excellent website. You do have on your website an awful lot of your case studies as well on the videos. Now, was the full investigation side of it, were these videos always planned to be like this from the beginning, or did this come a bit later on? Uh, honestly, they came later on. So when we first started this, it was really something to do with my sisters that was different and unique. And we, I, I really had no plans to release any videos about it. It was just something that, like I said, we would get together and it, it's a unique girls trip, right? A unique girls weekend. Um, but then my family, and we're kind of spread out all over the world. My family started asking, well, what's it like? What did it, what's the history of the building? What, you know, what did you experience when you were there? And so honestly, uh, the very first video that I put together was the Fort Mifflin video even though we had done other investigations before that um, Fort Mifflin was the first video. And that's why, you know, if you look at it now, it looks like it was made in my basement. Um, But uh, it it was really to, to send to my family to say here, this is what it was like. This is what we captured. And so one of my cousins was like, you need to put this on YouTube. And so I did. And honestly, it just really kind of exploded. Um, I I had no idea that we would get fans or followers or that people would, um, you know, want our autograph or our merchandise. It was it was really something that I had no concept of, uh, to tell you the truth. It wasn't this is what not what it was meant to be, but it did morph into this this entity that to me is really consuming my life and I love it. Uh, you know, it's allowed me to meet interesting people. It's allowed me to go to interesting places and I get to do that with my best friends who are my sisters. And Brilliant. that, that to me is really what this is all about. Great. Now I can stand completely with you there. Now I want to talk about obviously to date, the most recent case you've put up as well. So I was watching that one this morning and I really enjoyed it as well. Um, how to, I'm trying to go, I might get this pronunciation completely out, which is typical knowing me. Is it Post Town Elementary School? Or I got that pronunciation wrong? Nope, you got it. Post Town Elementary. All right, that's and... right. I wasn't <laughs> sure then. So that's what I thought because I was looking at it and I thought, is that a, how to be, I've talked to dyslexic, honestly, <laughs> like everything wrong. Now, obviously, tell us about that case and obviously, and mm-hmm. what led you to want to go and look at this case then? Because obviously, like, you must get absolutely loads of requests to come along and investigate things. What would draw you normally to your ideal case? Uh, well, again, the history is really what draws us. If it has a fascinating history or an interesting legend or lore, that is what is just the, the cream of the crop for us, the, those interesting stories. And Post Town, um, there was a couple factors that led us to investigate this one. One, um, in, inside the paranormal community, it, it was really mentioned as a place that investigators should check out because it mm. has such a, a haunted reputation. And then um, really, it was about logistics. Um, I wanted to do an investigation with um, uh, our, my co-worker, my business partner, Miranda Young, as well as another um, individual in the paranormal community, Sarah Jane um, from Paranormally Blonde. So we wanted to do a collaboration and this location was equidistant from all of us. So that was, that made it, um, you know, kind of easy to do. And um, again, just a historical aspect because you've got this 
really interesting elementary school that, you know, had this, this, this grand, um, really historical narrative, but it also had behind the scenes, a really tragic one as well, because it sits right next to a railroad, uh, a railroad, um, a uh, train track, excuse me, a train track. And throughout its history, there's been several train crashes there and they use that building or that area as triage. Um, so you have a lot of death there. There were floods um, that really impacted the area. So the, the building was used for, again, you know, housing the those victims. Um, so a really interesting historical perspective just from the building itself. And so when we went in, again, there was, um, there was four of us on this investigation. So it was myself, my twin sister, Miranda from Ghost Biker Explorations and Sarah Jane from um, Paranormally Blonde. And uh, again, it was a collaboration investigation, but it was a very unique investigation because we were capturing things that um, really were unexplainable. So for example, as I said before, we set up night vision video cameras and stationary voice recorders throughout the building. And so because we want eyes and ears on every portion of the building that we can. So even if we're not in a room, we have a video and audio recorder going. And so there's one room that they've kind of, it's, it's a former um, elementary uh, or a, a younger grade, like first and second grade uh, room. And so they have a lot of dolls in this room. So people just, when they come, they just leave dolls. And so there's there's a thousand dolls in this room. It's kind of creepy. But um, so we I'm, had a- Kind of, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know, I'm not a big doll fan, like no. in, in mass. So it was, it was a little eerie, but uh, so we had a voice recorder in there and um, it's probably about, I don't know, 40, 50 feet from the stairwell. So the stairwell is in the middle of the building. And if you look at a picture, the building goes out to the sideways from this middle stairwell. So we're climbing up the stairwell and, you know, you, you know where we are. And at that same moment, as we're climbing up the stairs, the voice recorder in that room captured a female's voice saying, who'd she come with? And it, it, it's really, I mean, it's a very clear, what we call EVP, electronic voice phenomena. It's a very clear disembodied voice. You see all four of us, so you know where we are. Um, and so at that exact time, when you've got this voice um, being heard here on this voice recorder, I can't explain that. You know, again, that's one of those things that to me is unexplainable. Another thing that we do when we go to these investigations, we all wear body cameras. And so that allows me to get a timestamp of where everybody is in the building. And so if we capture something like that, I can cross reference it with everybody and say, okay, you know, this light was maybe caused by this flashlight, one of us painting the beams or whatever. But on this instance, I know exactly where everybody is. We're on the stairwell. And at that exact same point, we've got this voice being recorded over here. So again, that leads me to believe unexplainable, i.e. paranormal. Oh, completely with that. Indeed, chilling is a word I'd use as well. Now, <laughs> I want to start wrapping up now anyway, because a couple of things I want to conclude with today, because I don't want to keep you here forever, because I know people would know you've got your, um, your day job starting up reasonably soon. So I want to give you a chance to get prepared for that. But I know, obviously, you, you've been hinting at on your website that you're looking at doing a book at the moment. Is that something that you're still in negotiation at the moment, is the best way of putting it? It is. You know, the book in my mind, it, it, well, part of it's in my mind, but it's, it's just right now, just loose notebook paper um, of, of chapters and stuff that I really just need to sit down and, and put together and get it published. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things that you kind of sit down and do it and five other projects pop up. So for example, you <laughs> Storm know, my life. Storm my yeah, life right. Well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, for the past year, I've actually been working with my business partner, Miranda Young from Ghost Biker Explorations. She's another paranormal investigator. So mm. we, we collaborated on 
on um, what we call our day jobs. Uh, about a year ago, we opened a, uh, a historic jail in Tennessee. Um, we also use it as a paranormal research center. So I'm sitting in the jail right now. It's a very haunted jail. Uh, it was built in 1904. It was Whoa. an operation as a jail until 2008. And so that's really been, you know, the, 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 points in our life right now that's taking up the most time is really kind of getting this jail um, and the the museum and the paranormal research center really up and running and and doing some different things here so you know the book it's it's one of those things it's 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 one of the projects that I really want to get done but it's one of those that has the tendency to get pushed back and back and back as more things come to the forefront still my life as well I can relate yeah. to that yeah yeah most people uh, can I think oh yeah it's always I'm always a firm believer it's always chance of do one project at once Andrew mm-hmm. never happens and I bet you're never. the same as well never, never. <laughs> it's always the case that like honestly in my case when I started off I was a poet back in 2010 really professionally and the podcasting took over six years later by chance it's just like your life just goes in unexpected directions i'm always a believer in that and that's mm-hmm. this is what clears up to yourself as well i can see that now um obviously what other plans do you have going forward and is there any more investigations lined up for the moment or that you can uh, yeah. talk about? Uh, yeah absolutely in fact we're dropping a, an investigation tonight um that's from the uss north carolina jenny oh. and i conducted yeah jenny and i conducted this investigation a couple of months ago so i've finally been able to go through all of the evidence um put together and produce the video so that will air tonight i'm very excited about that um and then an, another video um from the madison seminary that jenny and i investigated um in august that will be up hopefully in the next month And then um, we've got an investigation early next year at a hospital in West Virginia and uh, really just just doing some more investigations here at the jail. So a lot of different things are are in the works for Soul Sisters Paranormal. Absolutely. Brilliant. So good luck with it. Now, we were talking before we start recording, we to wrap up with obviously your investigations to date have all been in America. But I know you would like it to go to international maybe someday in the future, wouldn't you? Because I know you have been to England, obviously not. Not investigation wise, but would that be something? Could you see yourselves actually doing it in international in the future, maybe? Oh, yeah, I would love to. You know, America has a great history and I love American history, um, but we just obviously don't have the longevity that someplace like England does or Europe um, or in some cases Australia, which is another location that I'd like to get to. Um, but to, to go to London, again, I've, I've visited numerous times and walk into these historic locations and, you know, walk on the path of people who are buried there from the 1500s, 1600s. That to me is just absolutely fascinating. And I just love the, the everything history about about your country so i would love to get over there investigate some of the castles um yeah. investigate some of the, the you know the pubs over there uh that oh, yeah, is definitely oh yeah, yeah. If you have made, i've made it to england i'll take you to one i know one in, perfect perfect in there called bolton and i'm not going to name the pub and i've seen a ghost walk for i've had a third ghost i've not, not told you about where i've seen a, a i think it was a tudor lord walk through the walls and i thought oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would incredible. love to get over there oh incredible I, and, yeah, there are several paranormal investigations. And one of the cool things about uh, the paranormal community is you get to meet interesting people from all over the world. And so there are, there are teams over there that I would love to collaborate with and do some different investigations as well. And uh, um, like I said, Australia is another location that I'd love to get to. There's several uh, reported um, very haunted locations down there. And yeah, so internationally, uh, it would be my dream come true for sure. Oh, good luck with it, definitely. Is there any sort of them, if you could, I'm going to have to ask you, Jeremy, to wrap up with, is if you had a chance, would there be any sort of dream investigation you'd like to do? 
Honestly, Leap Castle in Ireland. Oh yeah, um, I've heard of that. I've would, heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that would be my dream location. Um, and there are numerous numerous places here in the U.S. Um, uh, the Queen Mary, which is a ship out in in California. I'd love to get to that one. Uh, but really, just these locations that again have this really unique history or legend or lore that we can show people that this happened, right? This is why this is important. Um, then they may not know about, you know, for example, real quick, one of the locations that we've done is the Ma Barker house in central Florida. Um, we were the first team to investigate that house. And one of, sorry, I've got a cat here. Um, one of the, <laughs> you know, and so, so the Ma Barker house was interesting because not a lot of people knew about this. It, it happened, the, the event happened in 1935. It was a shootout between Ma and Fred Barker and some members of the FBI. And really after the shootout, the house just kind of became forgotten, even though this was really where the gangster era of the 1920s, 1930s ended with this shootout. And so we were able to investigate that house. And when we put our video out, I had so many people tell us, I never knew that history. There were people that lived right down the road that said, I never knew the history. I didn't know this was here. I didn't realize that this is what happened in 1935. And so to be able to bring that history to the forefront and show our audience that this is why this is important, right? This has a very unique um, place in our historical narrative. To be able to do that is really what we do. And so that's what we love. And so finding these locations like that, that have that history, that legend, that lore to us is just fascinating. Brilliant. Well, good luck there, definitely. Now, if people want to find out more, obviously, about Soul Sisters, where do you recommend they go? Um, well, our, our website is www.soulsistersparanormal.com. Anything you want to know about us is there. All of our videos are there. Um, our spinoff series called Landmarks, Legends, oh, and Lore. sorry. That's I, knew if I, I knew I'd forgotten <laughs> to ask you something. Yeah, my apologies, my apologies but don't forget, <laughs> forgetful here. Tell us about the spinoff series. Sorry, I have watched that as well. I really enjoyed that. Sorry, my uh, thought, I completely forgot. No, no, Tell no us worries, about no. <laughs> where that came from then. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, well, one of the, again, what we love to do is research legends and lore. And so our that series, Landmarks, Legends, and Lore, is really one of these um, uh, uh, videos where we highlight different stories that we really don't do an investigation at or around. Um, so, for example, we did um, haunting aviation crashes. And so we looked at several airline crashes and their historical claims, or their historical claims, but also their paranormal claims. Um, you know, for example, there was a crash in Chicago and that crash site is reported to be haunted. And so we tell really the story of those places and why they're reported to be haunted. So we don't Necessarily, necessarily do an investigation, um, but we really highlight those locations. So um, we've got haunted cemeteries, we've got haunted bridges, um, again, haunted aviation. Um, and so th that's really, again, what we like to do because not many people have heard of these places or, or really have heard of these events. And um, so it's just a different way for us to highlight these historical places and events that, um, that we don't do on investigations. Yeah, it does look a great series. I knew, obviously, the, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. I knew about Gettysburg as well. But certainly, like, I hadn't heard of haunted, haunted, some of the haunted ceremonies, the Bridges ones you were referring to as well. So it's been it's a really excellent series. So good luck well, with thank it. You. So, right, we'll wrap up here. So I do apologize. <laughs> I knew yeah, no, no, worries. So much, so. no worries. No worries. No um, So again, that's on our. <laughs> it's all right. No, it's on our website, uh, www.soulsistersparanormal.com. We're also very active on Facebook under Soul Sisters Paranormal. Um, and then we have our YouTube channel, which is Soul Sisters Paranormal. 
Brilliant. Well, thanks again for that, Kirsty, today. It's been a pleasure. Now, that's Andy N wrapping up today from Spoken Maple. As Don Callis, former Impact Wrestling, says, stay safe and stay over, and we will see you all next time. Spoken Maple.